0: To Wild Tater, the Food Forest Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about salad burnet, Sanguisorba minor, and specifically, we're going to talk about the variety called small burnet. Now, those terms, uh, small burnet and salad burnet, are likely interchangeable, but there is a greater burnet, which probably has the same quant- qualities and so forth. But we're going to refer to small burnet today when we talk about salad burnet. Okay, salad burnet is a ground cover layer, but is not limited to being a ground cover layer, it can be used as an herb layer. And I say this because it tends to grow between one to two feet tall. But then it grows these flowers out of them that get taller. Now if you let it grow, it may get more of uh, kind of maintain the uh, more herbal layer but if you are trimming it kind of keeping it downward it will very well occupy that ground cover layer so use it whichever way you need to but uh, it does make a ground cover a nice ground cover layer and particularly as we're as we'll mention further in a bit because of its preference in the type of terrain that it wants to be in I think it could be a very valuable ground cover in many uh, food forests or areas where it is hard to get large trees and so forth to grow. But we'll talk about that more in a moment. It is cold hardy from zones four to eight, which means it can withstand cold, down to negative 30 degrees Fahrenheit or negative 34 degrees Celsius. The soil pH, it prefers is about 6.8, but it can take pH levels up to 8.0. Its watering needs are average, but it does like a good evenly moist soil. Uh, It will adjust its water efficiency based on the environment it lives in, and because of that, it's been known to tolerate drought quite well. Now, if you've been listening for a while and have heard many other uh, episodes of this show, you'll know that very likely it's, if you want it to have more of a a lush, succulent kind of a flavor, a lighter, sweeter flavor, then more water will help with that. And if you want a stronger, more, uh, I I guess, I I don't want to say biting flavor because this won't have a biting flavor. But if you want a more potent flavor, you're likely to get that by allowing it to get more dry. Now the uh, salad brunette blooms in late spring and it can be harvested at any time. But it's best time for harvesting is just before it starts growing flowers. So more or less in the mid to early spring is probably the best time to harvest it. When it first comes out, it'll be sweeter. It will be, remember that anytime you're harvesting plants, almost always the thing that the plant is putting the most energy into at a given time is probably the thing that is at its harvestable state. So, with something that you're not going to harvest the flowers, say, lettuce, for example, um, you're wanting to harvest it while the leaves are the focus of the plant. Because once it gets out those leaves, and then kind of sits there for a bit, and it starts getting warm, and it starts to bolt, what that means is, uh oh, time to focus on the seeds, and time to focus on flowers and, and growing seeds. And so its focus will be on those flowers and seeds and since the focus is no longer on the leaves they tend to get a little more bitter a little bit more maybe tannic you know depending on the kind of plant a plant that we're talking about but they will they will become a little more bitter and and less fresh tasting less less you know of that succulent kind of taste and and so the thing that the plant is Focusing on on at any given time, that is probably its best harvest time. So with salad Burnet, since you're wanting to harvest the leaves, you want to harvest when the leaves are the focus, which is like I said, early spring, both before the flower starts. as for its age to harvestability. This is an herb. It is not a woody, uh, you know, tree or bush. And so its harvest time is between 2 to 3 months after planting it from seed. So uh, and and this does seed quite easily. If you if you plant seeds, you're likely to have a good crop of of uh salad burnet, which I highly recommend adding to your system unless you have a very specific reason not to, simply because this is a perennial. And a perennial ground cover that uh, will easily spread, which we'll talk about in a moment, is quite valuable in my book, because uh, it's something that you can be harvesting year-round, more or less, except for the coldest part of winter when there are no leaves. If you're in a cold climate, if you're in a slightly warmer climate, the eight zone, it will uh, or seven, eight, it will probably actually stay green all year. It's considered an evergreen. And so um, in those areas where it is slightly warmer, it will stay green all year. And honestly, probably in some of the colder areas too, if there's even the slightest protection for it, uh, block something blocking winds and, and heavy snows from just burying it too deep, um, you'll probably be able to harvest it all winter. Um, that said, again, the the favorite or best tasting time is going to be when those leaves are fresh and new in the spring. But, like I said, two to three months from the time of planting until harvest. Now, if you're trying to get this to go to seed, either to do some seed saving and or, or spreading it elsewhere in the yard and so forth, Salad Burnett does not need a second plant to in order to produce seed. It will do fine on its own. Now, my guess is over time, because of the seed, its readiness to seed and so forth, um, you probably will have more and they will pollinate each other. and And that is a good thing if you are trying to establish a system that will be self-perpetuating because it will adapt to your climate specifically and the seeds that... Grow back are better adapted um, because of you know generation after generation. The most likely to survive are the ones that are best fitted to the climate. It's just a a statistics game, you know. What survives is more likely to pass on its genetics. And so, um, you know, survive I want to say survival of the fittest, but uh, let's say more adaptation over generations is probably a better term for it. Okay, its size at maturity, as we briefly mentioned, is one to two feet or 0.5 meters tall and wide. So it makes this nice, cute little bush kind of a, a shape. And as far as sun needs, this prefers solid, full sun. Now, being in a place that gets 16 hours of, of unabated solid sun... Um, I think it would do fine to uh, have it in an area where it gets some shade for part of the day. But I would say a good at least six hours of full sun per day. It's going to require that. If you put it in in shade, in solid shade, it's not likely to make it very long. And uh, some sources say that it is just intolerant of shade. So if you're in a very sunny area, a very hot area, then um, then put it somewhere where it will get at least six hours of sun but you could probably put it somewhere where it's only getting it for the second half of the day or the for the first half of the day whatever but if you are in an area that is prone to very rainy days very rainy weeks or anywhere where you don't get this constant sun throughout almost every day this should be out in the open where it will get every bit of sun that becomes available to it. And this becomes more clear when you look at its preferred habitat. As we will now discuss, it prefers to grow in grasslands and shrublands, uh, such as those in Europe. And it will, you know, we talked about how its soil pH is anywhere from, you know, 6.8 to 8.0. I suspect it would do fine in, 6.0 6.0 as well down that low but uh, but you know that 6.8 to 8.0 is a very alkaline kind of a soil it actually grows very well in chalk uh, soil in in Europe and uh, as for the U.S. it grows very well in sagebrush and juniper communities in in ecosystems where there's just you know miles of sagebrush For example, it wants to be out in that sun. The sagebrush is not likely to block it all day from the sun like a tree might do. And so it actually kind of prefers that kind of setting. Now that is good news to me because I am in a desert mountain prairie which one of the primary plants that you get out here is sagebrush. And the primary tree that you get out here go in any direction for three miles. The most common tree is the juniper. And uh, so that sagebrush juniper ecosystem, very well adapted to that kind of a system. This is salad burnet. Again, its growth rate is fast. And its reproductive rate is very high, both by seed and by root rhizomes. Now some people, some planting cursifobics may call this an invasive plant. But my research shows that it's not so much that they are invasive. And I think part of the reason for that, that it's not considered invasive, is because it is a rather inconspicuous plant. It's not something that is drowning out other plants so much. It likes to grow between them and it likes to grow around them and left on its own it will make that nice little bush but crowded in a flower garden it will just look kind of spindly kind of like you would imagine chervil or cilantro and uh, it's got that uh, similar quality of leaf and you know that kind of delicateness about it makes it so it's not one that is drowning out anything really but it is very prolific which is a good thing in a forest garden, especially when you're talking about ground covers. And then if it makes its way into the shade via seeds or by root rhizomes, let it be. Who knows? Maybe you'll slowly over time adapt a, a shade-friendly salad brunette, which would be cool. You know, Anything that adapts itself well to growing food self-sustainingly I consider a good thing and then if you're worried about it getting too, you know just having so much that you can't do anything with it go ahead and trim it down you know like you would grass um, to a nice cute level and it will provide that ground cover um, for your ecosystem to protect the soil from drying out to provide you know a, a slow release layer of mulch as all plants do and In that sense, it will, I won't say drown out, because it won't, uh, it's not likely to drown out much of anything I, from what I can tell, but it is likely to provide an alternative for the ecosystem to weeds. So where it may put a weed, it may not actually put it there, because there is a salad brunette there. The average lifespan of a salad brunette is anywhere from 7 to 20 years that's likely to be determined um, by the conditions, how well it, it likes the area, how well it's able to spread and so forth, which, you know, seven years is kind of a short time for a perennial, not a, not a terribly short time, but it's pretty short. And so allowing it to spread some will be good because it, it makes it so that you don't run out of salad brunette, you don't lose your salad brunette. And the salad brunette is also in the rosaceae family, which is kind of interesting because its flavor is more akin to what you might find in the carrot family. And it has a bit of a parsley like look, you know, parsley also being in the carrot family. Oh, and uh, before we get into the food aspects, I did want to mention that uh, it can tolerate maritime exposure. Those of you in those areas should know what that is relating to the ocean and being near the ocean. That may have something to do with the fact that it does tolerate very alkaline soils. Um, you know, there aren't as many of these salad type plants that do, especially perennial ones, that uh, tolerate this, uh, this alkaline soil. So it can be quite the gift for those who, uh, who are in those areas. OK, let's talk about the food aspects of the uh, Salad burnette. Everything I come across regarding the taste of Salad burnet describes it as having a cucumber taste. Some of them say a sweet cucumber taste. Some of them say a tart cucumber taste. But they all seem to agree that it's mild. Uh, cucumber tart flavor is, is delicious. Um, albeit mild, uh, as I said, Um, and because of that nice cucumber flavor, it's often used in things like soups, salads, cheeses, and sandwiches, those, you know, delicate, cute little leaves that it has that are a little bit reminiscent of parsley, also make it a nice garnish for drinks and entrees and other things like that. One note that I seem to come across a lot in research is that it is usually, it has the best taste if you have chilled it. So you keep it in the fridge for a little while, you know, keep it, it, you know, it doesn't have to be frozen or anything, but uh, get it nice and cold. And it it just brings out that uh, nice sweet cucumber flavor, which is actually not surprising since it is an evergreen Cold season uh, herb usually cooler season herbs uh, taste best in cooler seasons, so keep it in your fridge and or put it in the fridge before you eat it and you'll you'll bring out that nice flavor now, um, as far as health benefits of the uh, salad burnette, now I differentiate health benefits. From medicinal uses. And I'm, I try to be careful to do that because medical use of plants should be done with the most careful research as well as consulting with your doctor. For example, let's say you have cancer and you're trying to eat more of, a, of particular plants in order to try to counteract the cancer or fight the cancer in some way. I highly recommend you at least bring it up with your doctor, those things that you are trying to eat more of, simply because there's often other aspects to a plant that for your particular kind of cancer, or your particular kind of situation, that may be a problem. Let's say you have a, you know, as part of your cancer, we'll go with that, you have also developed a blood disorder where you you don't coagulate very well, your blood doesn't coagulate very well, and this plant, while having great anti-cancer, you know, uh, aspects, may also serve as a blood thinner. Which, if you're having trouble coagulating your blood, and you're also eating this plant in quantity in order to treat the cancer, and it is thinning your blood further, it can lead to serious problems, uh, you know, and and. Anyway, the point is, if you're talking about medical use of a plant, I highly recommend talk to your doctor and also do much of your own research. Because I think you'll find, if you go to your doctor and say, am I okay eating salad burnet to treat this? A lot of your doctors are going to go, what's that? You know, so they may just not know. In which case, you'll have to do your own research. Thoroughly research. When it is used medicinally, it is usually the root that is used. And um, while it does have a few, you know, medicinal uses for staunching bleeding, um, as a diaphoretic, astringent, styptic, and so forth, I don't know how the root is used for those purposes. And so... um, I recommend that you do your own study on those. Again, consult your doctor. But, again, separating the medical uses or medicinal uses from the health benefit uses, we can say comfortably and confidently that Salad burnette is a good source of vitamin C and antioxidants, and it's said to have anti-inflammatory properties that is common among leafy greens. This is one that does it particularly well. And, you know, so if you've got inflammation of various sorts, just adding a little bit extra salad burnet may help with that. Again, if you're gonna try to take it to the medicinal level and, and try, you know, eating it in great quantity in order to treat the symptoms, I highly recommend doing more research first and talking to your doctor. But if you're just generally, you know, you're a little bit inflamed in your back because of lifting and a little sore and so forth, I recommend throwing this in your soup. Throw it in your salad. Get a little bit extra there. Or if you're getting low in vitamin C, this could be a way to catch up a little bit. And maybe that's one of the reasons that Salad burnet has been eaten in Asia, Middle East, and Europe for thousands of years. Literally, you can Find uh, records of this plant all the way back to you know Roman time, you know the Roman Empire and so forth for some of its medicinal uses. More though, I should say that it it was probably a little bit more for its medicinal uses throughout the centuries. However, it's uh, you know around 1800 it started to be used more often for the leafy green food that it is. Anyway, I am babbling but this is definitely a plant worth babbling about. Small brunette, salad brunette, Sanguisorba minor. And thank you guys again for listening.